Welcome to the We Have Issues podcast, a weekly look at the local issues and matters impacting Independence, Missouri. And now, your hosts, Lori Dean Wiley and Dan Hobart. Welcome to Can You Believe It? Podcast number seven. It's fantastic. Um, you know, who would have thunk in a room in a meeting that we had this idea and here in we a, are. In a bar in a town in a far No, land. I swear it wasn't people listening. <laughs> um, although that's a good story. That's a better story that we wrote it out on a napkin and here we are. But so um, today I want to talk a little bit about a subject that's come up many times. The fir- Really, it's about how we talk to one another. And I don't mean you and I. Um, but civil discourse when it comes to governmental bodies, when it comes to boards, when it comes to, and I'm picturing our city council meetings. So in a June 13th social media post, the City of Independence, Page made the announcement that the Page comments had to be turned off. Now, the reason? Comments that do not meet the city's goal for a kind, civil, productive discourse. So it is my hope that today we can move towards more civil debate. I like the art of debate. I'm kind of thinking you do too, Dan, <laughs> as, a, as an attorney. Um, but really, we need to have that civil word in there so that we can, through manners, through conversation through intelligence really keep the relationships with one another but share our opinions share our needs for the city share our desires for you know what we want passed don't want passed what we want addressed and i think in many occasions in the city council chambers as a citizen sitting there i've been a little kind of jaw on the floor a few times, and I don't really enjoy those experiences. I would rather have civil discourse that I grew up with, that I remember, uh, whether it was around my, my kitchen table as a youngster, as uh, around in a classroom, um, where we could debate, disagree, and still walk away, um, knowing that we, we did what was true to our opinion, our heart, based on our research, but that we we didn't walk away with ill feelings. And we know there have been times when war has brought change. We see it every, you know, all the times throughout this world. But do we really need a battle to make changes on the local level? And so that's really the topic I want to kind of run into today is... Does everything always have to get resolved either after a furious fight, <laughs> one side winning, one side losing? Probably. But without civil debate, I think that is something that really is tantamount to good old USA, is that civil debate. So I've attended and watched hundreds of city council meetings. You have been in many now as a council person. I would say over the course of the past five or so years, those meetings have been, at times, out of order. Based on the behavior of those attending, 
even a few times based on things said from council people, um, I found that an embarrassment to both the citizens attending and to the council members themselves. So what are your thoughts on the responsibility of elected officials, since you are one, and on the general public to remain civil, to get the business done? On this, I believe we agree, we've already addressed it, and that is kindness, it really is kind of the best policy. Agree or disagree? <laughs> uh, it, it would be lovely if we could all act like we did in kindergarten. <laughs> and what, um, how was that? <laughs> you know, you're free to express yourself, but you're learning rules. You mostly are respectful to other people. You haven't learned uh, to be rude or be disrespectful and to share and, you know, to color on the same page. Uh, this is not reality <clears throat> anymore. And before I say much else, let's be very clear. I I've contributed to this problem, uh, and I'm well aware that I have. Don't you really think every human being has contributed to this in some way? Absolutely. You're just more on the spotlight as one of the elected officials. Sure. Well, absolutely. Uh, and this goes to the... To me, the bigger question is, can you affect change on the level that we need without that disrespectful discourse, without the aggressiveness, without the, the directness? I don't know. I haven't known how to fight it that way. Why do you think that is? Is it the attorney in you? Is it... It's just me. It's just you. It's being attorney. An attorney doesn't help the situation because, you know, I get paid to aggressively advocate, yes. zealously advocate for my client. So I, a normal confrontation for me is no problem. Uh, now, for the most part. They don't get to the personal as quick. They do, but not as much. And that's that's where that's where all this happens. That's that's where the disrespect it becomes personal. Somebody says something someone doesn't like. They become defensive, and all of a sudden it's I hate that person. I, I'm going to do everything I can to make them look bad. Um, it, there, there's an old, old picture from the internet. It was an early meme. And it's a, it's a guy sitting behind an old monitor and keyboard, like the big, big box one, and with a ski mask on. It says e-thug on it, like electronic thug. So <laughs> this is not the council meetings, but the part where you just say whatever you want into a comment section on a, online. Um, people have now graduated from doing it online to just doing it in person. Okay. I think that's probably fair because during the last election, I witnessed an onslaught mm -hmm. of, I'm just going to call it bad behavior, uh, 
there were lies from the podium. There were attacks on specifically the two women in leadership. There were shouts at times. There were claps at inappropriate times. There were boos at inappropriate times. Um, They just don't match up with, I'm just going to call it the professional ethics of running meetings. And that would be through Robert's Rules of Order. So I wonder if some of this behavior can be made better by understanding of Robert's Rules of Order. It'll be painful getting there. But is it worth it in order to have more productive discourse? If it works, it'll be worth it, yes. So I don't know of a meeting. I'm on several boards and attend several meetings where Robert's Rules of Order aren't tried to be followed. They've been around for 150 years. Um, They were published in 1876. But basically, they are the most widely used manual of what we would call parliamentary procedure in the United States. And as I've mentioned, um, I attended and watched a lot of meetings and participate. When Robert's rules are not followed, I would use the word chaos comes. Arguments come. And I think at the end, when we talk about it turning personal, it really is somebody walks away with hard feelings, which is very counterproductive to getting the business done. The problem we've got, though, is that people start these conversations with hard feelings. Yeah. You know, it, when, when, when the CEO of Apple goes to make a deal with the CEO of Facebook, yes. uh, when they're in a room and they can talk freely, uh, there's a certain level of professionalism that, that is there. And we don't operate like that. We're we're not above the fray. We are we constantly get dragged into the fray. I'm just gonna say we're we're it's like playing setting down. in it. It's yeah. like playing down is how you end up. So is there a way or do you believe that elected officials should be held accountable to this rise above the fray? Yeah, absolutely. Um, can the public be held accountable? on their behavior and what they say, because I know there's a very fine line on that First Amendment. There is and there isn't, right? You, you, the First Amendment protects a lot of things. First and foremost, it's your right to have, it's really your right to belief. Uh, it's certainly your right to speak out, but nowhere in the First Amendment does it say you're allowed to say whatever you want and act however you want at a council meeting. Absolutely. Or you can say and act however you want at a in a crowded movie theater in a Correct. in a in a protest. There are all kinds of restricted speech uh, sanctioned by the Supreme Court that say, you know, in our society, yes, you can mostly say whatever you want, but there are times and places when you can't. You know, in looking at some much wiser folks than even you and I today. Um, (laughs) Yeah, that's hard to find. (laughs) So, President Lyndon B. Johnson, his favorite expression when trying to get opposing groups together was, quote, come, let us reason together. 
Another wise parliamentarian said, if you're having a problem with someone, take them out to lunch. So to me, that is not just Robert's Rules of Order or parliamentary procedure or the way to get bills done or conversations had. It's actually biblical. You know, if you, if you have a problem with somebody, go to them, talk to them. If you can't compromise or come to an understanding, then you go tell your side to a few people and then those few people go talk to that other side. So I do think that um, gently speaking to people as the first step is kind of we've completely stopped that. We just go straight to the, I don't like what you're doing. I don't believe in what you're doing. So I'm going to show up at a local meeting or I'm going to post on Facebook or I'm going to write in my hidden uh, Facebook community page all these things that could be construed as not true. Um, Here's just a text. slander. Here's a text I sent to a council member last week. All right. Would you like me to? Uh, no, you don't need to read it. You all don't right. need to. It's too, but... Uh, I asked to sit down and, and just try to work through things, and no reply. Okay. So something we we have to address is that, yeah, you can't have a discussion if it's not a two-way street. So well, that's for you sure. Can, you can sit around uh, talking to yourself. I mean, <laughs> you're not necessarily going to get a lot of business done. but Yeah. Well, and I think that's the... What I've really seen as just attending city council meetings as a citizen or, or watching how, quite frankly, a particular television station always seems to be waiting around the corner to, to mention independence in the most negative light. Part of, you know, <clears throat> part of this and a big part of it is the person that's really been running the city council that's not on the council. Uh, teaches these folks how to operate as a city council person. And all the behavior you see, not mine, mine's all me. Yeah. I take full credit for that. Uh, <laughs> but as a general rule, they learn certain tactics and techniques and they follow them. And, you know, that person doesn't have votes now. They don't have the majority of the votes and they've been uh, somewhat discounted or quieted so there's a chance for change well and looking at this local issue i would say it's pretty easy to see the vitriol in the federal congress and to see that they're not setting a better example for us so the days of reaching across the aisle are few and far between so um one of the big stations moderated a debate between Bernie Sanders and Lindsey Graham recently. Well, they're on two completely different sides, feel differently about almost every issue, um, opposed as political thought, yet the plan was to show how the senators could debate and keep it civil, and they did. Yeah. It was a really great example of this is how we used to do business. This is how we used to get laws passed. This is how we used to, you know, discuss things. And so when people look at on a federal level, 
not able to come together. And so we have more executive orders passed than we have in you know the last couple of decades than we had all the time previously. Um, so when I was young, I remember distinctly the relationship of Ronald Reagan and Tip O'Neill. So they were very opposed, but they were always willing to listen, debate, discuss, and compromise. I had a love for politics from as an elementary kid. And Ronald Reagan, probably because he was a movie star previously, even though I don't know him in the movies, I just thought he was articulate and very tall and somebody that I wanted to watch, somebody that I was interested in. What does he have to say? And then you had Tip O'Neill, who was kind of more round. Wild, um, wild West. You know, yeah. and, and that kind of difference was really, I would say fun is probably not the right word, but fun to watch. But there was such a ending of every one of their conversations where they said they would then go and have a drink at 6 p.m. You know, they were able to have the debate, have the discourse, keep it civil, get business done, but not lose the fact that these were people that wanted to speak to be heard. And it's really hard to be heard when you're yelling or or when it's about not liking that other person or just wanting to do the opposite of whatever they want. So I do think that um, we can learn a lot from that very old relationship. So Tip's son recently wrote in a book that while neither man embraces the other's worldview, each respected the other's right to hold it. And I really think that might be what's changed, is we don't want other worldviews. We don't allow others to hold their opinions. Personal judgment's been normalized. And how did it get there? I mean, I think about the last 40 years, so that would have been from... Facebook. So it is social but, media. But not only Facebook, not yeah. Facebook.com, not Mark right. Zuckerberg. The emergence of the internet enabled an anonymity, which mm -hmm. enabled horrible, terrible, disrespectful behavior. And now it's become mainstream. And so the way you win a political debate is by attacking the other person, not by ignoring them and, and promoting your own views. You know, I always tell this story. It, Kansas uh, basketball team is traditionally a, sort of a run-and-gun team. They run the floor, lay up, slam dunks. They go fast. They score a lot of points. And they're successful. And they're successful. On the flip side, they're, at Princeton, the, the Ivy League school, they used to run uh, ball control, 15 passes of possession, score 50 points a game, but they would always win the Ivy League. Now, Kansas, when they play Princeton, it neither one of those teams can play the other's game, right? If Kansas slows down and tries to be a possession team against Princeton, they'll lose because Princeton's better at that. And if Princeton tries to run with Kansas, they'll be out of gas in the, in the first 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Right? So you have to play your own game. 
regardless of what your opponent does or says. You have to be able to rise above it. And that's what people don't do. Instead, KU would then just sit back and just talk about how bad Princeton is all week, you know, or just jaw at each other on the court. It's not the content has changed. So I have friends that I could not differ more from um, well, when you it comes to worldview. You, you and, and I, I differ, differ considerably, yes. Yeah. But we really enjoy life together. You know, we talk over dinner, my friends and I, we debate over coffee. Um, we just know when to stop. We don't poke each other just to win an opinion side or debate. We want to be able to walk away with our relationship intact, um, with conversations where we maybe learn from one another, but we don't take it personal. It's something that um, I'm not going to compromise on certain things. Love for my family, my faith. Um, we'll debate things like health. We'll debate things like issues, uh, just like you and I. Yeah. Um, but there are some things that we, we each and my group of friends and I, that we hold true to ourselves that are so important to us that we know if I attack that about them, then I'm, I'm attacking them, you know? And if, that's, if there's respect, then you want to be able to talk about the issues that are really important and not tear down the relationship. I, I used to always say, I'm sure we can come to a compromise. And I don't know that compromise is always right, um, because I do believe that, especially in the work of the city, we need to be able to get to a definitive answer and move forward. Um, but to bring more people along who have had the opportunity to share their opinion, they've had the opportunity to show up for coffee and say, this is what I think, this is how I feel. I think it's not just the lack of allowing somebody else to hold their own personal beliefs and opinions. But now it's that we don't ever get together and just hear from one another. And I think those two things could probably be a part of helping citizens and city council people, even employees when it comes to city business, be able to come to a better understanding. I don't know. It's... So... If two sides are two viewpoints, you, you have to agree on a uh, t- you have to agree on a common goal. Let's take homelessness. Let's say we both uh, two separate sides believe that homelessness is a problem. That's when you have to talk and find a compromise. Well, we're not going to put them all in jail, or we're not going to haul them down to Kansas City, or we're not going to um, arrest them all, or we're not going to just move them every day from their camp so they can't set up camp. You know, find the common goal and then make the compromise. A good compromise, in a good compromise, everybody loses. I did. I've heard that before. Yeah, it's true because mm-hmm. you're bo- you both give up something and then it feels real and it feels equal. There's some equality to that. But you're still moving toward a common goal. Now, now if you say one side, we don't have a homeless problem, our good friend... Karen DeLucci, mm-hmm. beloved friend. Homelessness is not the city's problem. 
that's a private problem. That's some other problem for other people to deal with. I disagreed. I say it's a public health problem, and I say, you know, health, safety, and welfare of the residents. We were never going to come to a compromise on homelessness. But... Uh, because there wasn't an understanding of the, of the goal, goal together. Yeah. Well, can you share an example of a time when you were on the opposite side of a majority vote? Uh, yeah, when they went to, when they did, uh, they passed the moratorium on building hotels. Okay. Or not hotels, uh, apartments. Uh, there's a number of times I was not in the majority on so if you think back to some of those votes, what do you do personally when you lose? So you were not on the majority vote side. Or what do you do when you win? Because I think that's also what is kind of added to this chasm between trust of elected officials, getting done the business of the city, um, is the hard feelings piece and I think you've been able to show, even if you weren't in the majority vote, the next steps were, what do we do? Move on. Yeah. You move on. Uh, sometimes, as we've done this year already, sometimes you undo it. Sometimes you redo it. Sometimes you do nothing. And it just it's just there, and you just move on. You have to move on. Deion Sanders could get burned for a 75-yard touchdown. And if you interviewed him after that play, he would say, they'd say, why'd you give up that touchdown, Dion? What touchdown? Who's the best cornerback? I'm the best cornerback. They'll never score on me. You know, that's, and you have to have that kind of memory. Let it go. Let it go. And the great words of Elsa. Let it go. (laughs) Thank you, Elsa. Thank you, Disney. Let it go. So, um... The responsibility of elected officials specifically for civil discourse, I'm thinking really specifically about those times when elected officials are attacked. You know, do you ignore it? Do you go toe to toe? Do you have, do you try to have a two-way conversation? So when civil course discourse breaks down and you are on the only one on the end of the attack, you know, kind of what is the, what do you think the best response is? Publicly, not much, okay. typically. Um, people have a right to their opinion. They have a right to say whatever they want. If people believe them, there's, I mean, that is what it is. Uh, privately, if a person is that upset with you, then I believe in trying to sit down and, and resolve something, if anything's possible. If not, that's okay, too. People are entitled to their feelings, definitely. Absolutely. Um, As an elected official, what is your tact for listening to we the people when they allow passion, politics, or personality to trump kindness? I don't listen. If, If you want to come and make a valid, you have an issue, then absolutely do it. But stick to the issues. The the city council meeting is a business meeting, in my opinion. It is, we are there to complete city business. It's not a um, gripe session. It's not a coffee clatch. It's not a get together (laughs) with your friends and just yell at each other because you want to. It's not, you know, it's not that. So find another forum. So big picture, how do we change the culture 
at our city council meetings. Um, I am not known um, for not speaking up if I strongly believe in something. And I know that there must be a lot of citizens that feel the same way. So what would you think would be a better tact for being heard by their city council person? I don't care who you are, whether it's city council or your school district or your boss or your friend or the customer service person at a, at a store, be polite and kind. If you want to be heard and taken seriously, stop shouting. That's a pretty succinct answer. So watch your tone, watch your words. Yeah. Find a place Be to genuine. Have. Be a person. I think be genuine and be gentle. I mean, you know so that you can also listen and not just speak. So, you know, one of those many times I attended a city councilman uh, meeting or watched one, I experienced our former mayor, Eileen, uh, use the gavel on several occasions. And the thing that kind of struck me is it seemed to be a very difficult balancing act between gaveling down people who maybe were shouting or maybe were, were even you know, speaking person person up on the dais and attacking them. And, and yes, she had to bang that gavel. And then the balance would be, but I have a First Amendment right, or I really care about this issue. And I thought it was, quite frankly, brilliant um, when the new mayor, Rory Rowland, he's introduced this new code of conduct um, where... He wants people to only speak on policy and really using that. So that's no surprise if he has to bang the gavel. It's, it's uh, you know, it's not a, can't be seen as a personal attack of I'm trying to shut you down, but giving the rules right off that if you're going to speak to somebody by name, if you're going to bring in politics, if you're going to say things that, everybody in the room knows is not the truth, that that would not be to this code of sticking to the policies and sticking to the facts of those policies. Because you're right, you can have two sides and both sides can have facts on their side and, yeah. and think they're right and, and they have a what? right to share it. They both can be right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, because... I do think that, that code of conduct of just remembering that, keeping it about the facts, just the facts, ma'am, I think, yeah. was at Dragnet. Um, yep. But at some of our council meetings, since they haven't run so smoothly, um, and some because of order not being followed, Robert's rules, what is the solution truly? Is it just following this policy, keep it to policy? Is it... Uh, banging the gavel if you have to? Is it having these one-on-ones before we ever get to the council meeting? What do you think is is really good, solid solution um, to not allow bad behavior in the future? You have to correct it. Okay. So correction would be... We're humans. Okay. All our life we get we get out of the we we draw out of the lines and we get our knuckles wrapped with the ruler, right? I mean, that's how we are. That so applies to everybody. Do you think we can return to a more kind civil city? We will. Yes. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. 
Good. I like hearing that. Yeah. Well, you know, I'd like to add to that as, you know, a citizen, I'd like to challenge our city leaders, the elected officials to open up times for regular meetings. And that, and I would guess you would say, somebody calls me and wants to meet, I'm going to find a time to meet him. I'm thinking more kind of like I'll be here at this place. Yeah, I'll be here at this place. Feel free to come. You know, one of the things that uh, we haven't done since the pandemic, but I used to help host Coffee with a Cop. And that was just an opportunity whoever wanted to come. They could ask the chief a question. They could see what's the latest going on, meet some of the patrol officers. You know, it was really just good for communication, but also for a community relationship. And so I'd like to demonstrate civility and have it be the way forward for all council members and that we, uh, we let people come and talk to us. We, we take our issue to you personally, um, but always knowing majority at some point is going to rule. There's going to be a vote. Majority is going to rule. So I'd like to kind of end by understanding how maybe as an elected official you can give some advice to citizens when once they've had their opportunity to speak, once they've had opportunity to really be heard, um, and they've followed our republic of government, is just amazing in the sense that we allow for discourse. Um, I just like to see it more civil, but then the majority rules, majority wins. And so then you have people who were heard, but because they lost, they go back to that kind of angry side. They go back to distress. They go back to, I lost, right? So how do we We can't. Heal. You can't, you can't fix somebody else's feelings. Okay. Fear, uncertainty, and doubt. FUD. Another, another gem from the internet. Okay. FUD. <laughs> Fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And when someone is scared that their life is threatened by a thing, an issue, a, a, a policy, uh, you can't, you can't, we can't be responsible for alleviating that, unfortunately. Now, would a one-on-one conversation help? Sometimes. Uh, would getting as much information you can from everywhere and from all sides, would that help? Of course. Uh, but ultimately, unfortunately, uh, but also in a good way, people are entitled, like I said earlier, to their own feelings, their own beliefs, their own uh, opinions. I think that's um, a good stopping point would be civil conversations. Conversation, once again, can't be just you and your mirror ranting. You need somebody else. They have to be at least two-way. So I'm going to be bold, Dan. I'm going to invite anybody listening to join Dan and I at Blenwell Community Cafe. We'll post when that will be, what time that will be, because we do want to hear what are some of the topics you want debated or discussed. Um, Dan, for sure, as a council member, it would be another opportunity for you to introduce yourself to some of the constituents that maybe you haven't met, but also hear from them. And so I just want to say I do believe that it's Going back to what Lyndon B. Johnson said, you know, it's really just coming in and breaking bread together. You know, it's yeah. it's uh, having those two-way conversations. And I believe that can be healing for a city council that has been 
um, divided. It's been rambunctious at times. Um, so I'm excited to see where really focusing on the policies go and not personalities that you may or may not like and or politics, which often divide. So I, I'm with you. I think it could only get better. And with people like you, um, really have a good understanding of the need to, to have civil conversations, I think this could go a long way. We just want to challenge those that don't return emails or, you know, calls to meet or text <laughs> messages. That yeah. uh, and and to your point, maybe it's the FUD that's keeping them from doing that. So I'm I'm excited about what's the next. Uh, you have two more years in this current uh, election year. What can happen in two years? And I think a lot. Everything. So I'm excited about uh, improving our conversations, and the civility that we see at meetings. So, Me too. So I'd like to thank you for joining us. Once again, I am Laurie Dean Wiley. And I'm Dan Hobart. And we have issues. We want to thank you for joining us. I'm Laurie Dean Wiley. And I'm Dan Hobart. Join us again next week because we have issues. <laughs>